Hey everybody, I'm Brian Clapp, VP of Content and Engaged Learning for WorkInSports.com, and this is the Work in Sports Podcast. Corporate Social Responsibility. It's a big term with a lot of weight, but for a long time, corporate social responsibility was a nice-to-have part of an organization, a check-the-box procedural decision of large corporations in sports and in business. These massive organizations figured corporate social responsibility, or community relations, was a way to feel good about the organization, to do good in the community and grab some positive press here and there. But now, times have changed. Corporate social responsibility is no longer a separate piece of the business strategy. It is an integral part. It is no longer a division of the organization kept separate from the larger organizational plan. It is part and parcel. It is no longer just a desire to do some good. It is an essential part of a business being successful. Why? Why this fundamental change? Well, if you ask me, the reason is twofold. Competition and current events. Even in sports, there is competition for the almighty fan dollar. This isn't the 1980s where if you are a fan of a certain team, you have to go to the game in order to see them play. Growing up, if I wanted to see the Boston Celtics play, I had to go to the game or I had to go across the street to my neighbors who had this huge satellite dish. <laughs> that is not the way things work anymore. There are alternatives to spending money at the arena. There are other sports you can watch on TV. Heck, you can even bypass your local team and watch out-of-market teams in a myriad of ways. Or you can choose completely different things to invest your money in. The competition is huge. If your team isn't likable, if it doesn't have a soul, if it is mired in controversy, people will turn away. Corporate social responsibility aims to fix this, to give a heart and soul to the big business. In addition, current events demand someone keeping an eye on the decision-making of the organization and making sure it aligns with the expectations of society. Sexual misconduct, race relations, freedom of speech, and countless other issues are at the forefront of our day-to-day -day society. Never before has it been more important for sports teams, leagues, and organizations to lead in this regard rather than react from behind. This week's guest, Tierra Brown, Charlotte Hornets manager of corporate social responsibility sees this all happening firsthand. She and her team with the Hornets aim to strengthen the Charlotte community by supporting education, military, hunger, and wellness initiatives. And they're doing one heck of a job. Here's Tierra Brown. Hi, Tierra. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for taking some time. I know you're super busy, so thanks for taking a little time to talk about your career and some of the things you faced working with the, with the Hornets. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. So you attended, let's start back at the beginning. You attended the University of Louisville, and you graduated with a degree in sports administration. So you knew that you wanted to work in sports. Where did that love come from for you? Well, it's actually kind of interesting. So growing up, uh, track and field has always been a huge component of my of my life through my okay. sisters. Um, I ran track and cross country as well, um, but I actually started off as a photography major um, in my first year in college, and I it really just kind of fell in my lap. I knew I enjoyed sports, didn't quite like playing them as much, 
Um, and then I realized the University of Louisville actually had a program, the sport, administ- sport administration major, um, and really just wanted to learn a little bit more. So since I'm still undeclared major, um, I just took a class that um, I was able to take, and from there it just kind of went on um, and just really utilized the resources within the, the program department. Um, but, yeah, it's one of those, like, I enjoy sports, but I just didn't want to play anymore. And I've, I've learned a little bit about this business of sports, and really just it, it kind of um, went off from there. Do you still dabble in photography? I do. So <laughs> I'm starting to dabble a little bit more into a couple of hobbies. I actually play the clarinet. Oh, that's cool. Um, as well in uh, middle school, um, first chair. Um, nice. <laughs> but just really started to find those things that were more so fun. Um, yeah. And, you know, wanted to maybe tap back into that. Going into my sixth season this year with the Hornet, um, finding it's really important to have some hobbies as well. So I'm yeah, starting to sure. dabble back into them. That's cool. So while at Louisville, you interned in the athletic department. And do you think, uh, I've always wondered this, because I went to a pretty big school, and I've talked to a lot of people who have gone to big schools and small schools. Do you think it was helpful at a larger school with a big athletic department to get an experience in the athletic department? Do you think it, it afforded you like different opportunities? I know you only went to one school, so it's hard to compare, but at your experience at Louisville, did you feel like that um, ability to be with a, a large athletic department may have helped your transition to into the pro game? Um, I wouldn't say necessarily because I was with the soccer program, so I'm helping them put on their camp for uh, kids with special abilities. Um, so my um, actual involvement was quite small in terms of um, helping them figure out better ways to market the event. So I worked a lot with the a program of software called Constant Contact. But it, it afforded me opportunities to learn some transferable skills. So prior to that particular internship, I also interned with the Make-A-Wish Foundation and a small NAIA conference um, where I helped put on their basketball tournaments and um, cheerleading and golf tournaments. And so I felt like those probably helped me the most in terms of learning how to work in a professional study that revolved around sports. Um, but I think the University of Louisville itself being a larger um Cool, me being able to have done those other internships and then when that opportunity came about, um, which I think sometimes may not be at the schools, I think it definitely, the school being large and having multiple opportunities was helpful, but my previous internships, I think um, in combination with that one, um, definitely helped me transition into professional sports. For sure. And then, of course, you have your first internship with the Charlotte Hornets. Those internships with pro teams are really competitive. How did you get that role? I have to imagine you were competing against a lot of different people. What was that process like, and how did you uh, how did you get hired for that role? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the internship here with the Hornets was the one that was going to account for my degree. The other ones prior were more so like volunteer. But um, it was one of those things I knew my my final year that. I was going to need to do an internship. Um, so I do credit the um, ability to obtain the internship to a couple of books. I know these days books are seem so obsolete now, <laughs> but there are two books. Um, I, they're slipping me right now, but one was for cover letters and one was for resumes. So I had never had to write a cover letter ever before uh, applying for internships, but I did work for the bank part, uh, throughout my college years to pay for school. So I, a resume I was familiar with. Well, my junior year when I applied for an internship, no one ever called me back. Okay. I found out my resume and cover letter was just were not good. They were quite terrible, actually. <laughs> so my <laughs> senior year, um, I really tried to figure out, okay, 
that didn't work, so what am I going to do next? So I, I, it really just came to identifying ways to amplify my resume, uh, find ways to help me stand out. So it really just came down to, like, I identified what I wanted to do, and I learned that through my other internships, that I wanted to work in community relations. So at this point, um, I was a late graduate, so I think I was, like, 23, 24, no, 24, 25. So I was really intentional. Um, I knew I wanted to work in community relations, so I focused my 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 goals on finding an organization that I could work in uh, and do things in community relations, but also paying close attention to the job descriptions. I know as interns, we're just looking to try to, you know, get our foot in the door, but I also, I don't know if it's because I was older, wanted to be very intentional. Um, so in that process that I took, um, I just applied for everything. And also, once I wasn't getting any callbacks, started to open up my my window of, uh, where I wanted to be and looked into collegiate. Also, I think the biggest piece is that you have to be willing to move. I'm from Louisville, Kentucky. I moved here exactly for the internship. So my pool of opportunities, it grew based on the fact that I was, I had no reason not to move. Um, so I actually did accept a internship with another, uh, company. Um, cause at one point no one was calling me back. Come to find out, everyone reaches out to interns um, around the same time of the year. If you're going into the fall, it's typically um, July-ish. So I think right. after being worried that I didn't hear anything back in April, I accepted the first one that was offered to me. Um, a month later, I received an, um, numerous calls, really just for interviews. And, and so from there, um, I did end up turning down my original one. Um, it was in Miami. The cost of living was extremely higher, and, this, and the opportunity with the Bobcats came about, and I think I thought it was just an opportunity I couldn't pass up. So tell us about that first opportunity then. You're in there mm -hmm. with a pro team. You're now in the community relations department that you wanted to, to be in, and it was a focus of yours. What were kind of the responsibilities you were given, and, and what was that experience like? No, absolutely. So I reported directly to the head of our uh, department at the time, who was the VP of our foundation, I mean, VP of community relations, but also the executive vice president of our or of our then Bobcat Foundation. Um, so I think that alone gave me the opportunity to really work with the person who was at the top, but then also to give directions, and I was able to also work with the coordinator and managers within the department as well. Um, I always tell this story when we have like panel sessions with our current interns here at the at the Hornets. Um, most of my tasks were very administrative, so I came from being a uh, manager at at a bank to to then like it almost like my responsibilities were were demoted in a way, but I still had to um, attack it in the most humble way. Um, my first month, I think I was organizing file folders the entire time. Wow. Um, but at the time, you know, I'm like, why did I move from Kentucky to, to Charlotte to file folders? You know, it's a free internship. All kind of things, you know, kind of go through your head, the stress of being away from home. But I think the biggest piece was that I never allowed that to um, show to my managers. So I was organizing file folders for the VP. Next thing you know, the manager liked how I did it. So I did their file folders. So I, felt more like an assistant, but what I did not realize until later on is that I had access to all the files of the vice president of community relations and the executive vice president of the foundation, and she was okay with that. So I was able to see what other teams are doing. So I saw best, best practices. 
she had a file folder about resumes. So these were like the best of the best resumes she's ever seen. So it was an opportunity, a very humbling experience where if you look at it for exactly what it is versus like what you can get out of it, I absorb so much knowledge simply filing folders because you have to read what's on the paper in order to figure out where it goes. And she was okay with that. Um, I think that allowed me to um, gain other uh, responsibilities. It's something I think that's big. It's like the smallest task. You have to take it as if it's the biggest task. So that way you can build trust. Um, and from there, I was able to, I was able to put together like new plans um, that we, we can utilize. Like something that across the MBA, I think it's important is that a lot of teams have disaster relief plans. With a lot of things that are going on um, in the cities that a lot of teams are in, it's important that, you know, if a disaster happens, like when we had the floods, that if from a community relations standpoint, that we're able to react, be proactive in ways to make sure that we're giving back to the community that gets to us. So I was able to put that together for our organization. And from there, responsibilities just kind of started to um, come my way. I was able to do player appearance events, create events, things that um, a lot of our interns may not have had the opportunity to do. Um, I say I credit that a lot to my manager, um, but also like just the ability to do the task at hand and know that there's always like a process to everything that we do. Um, so yeah, I thought it was it's probably mostly how that experience went, but that same woman hired me um, and, and I've been grateful ever since. Yeah, so you lived the dream, I think, of almost everybody in the sports industry is that you turned an internship into a full-time job, and that doesn't always happen. It's a great experience to be at the company you want to work with, and a lot of times you get an opportunity to prove yourself, and, and sometimes if there's an opportunity that opens, it can transition to a job, but a lot of interns never go on to work for that um, that employer full-time, and you did. So uh, what mm -hmm. I'm hearing you say is that your attention to detail in every single chore or task you were given helped give off the right vibe to your managers who kept giving you more and more responsibility. Do you think that directly related, that attitude directly related to you later being hired full-time? Absolutely. I couldn't have said it best. Um, and even, so yes, I was very fortunate um, to not ever have to really look for a job. Um, I think what's important that um, our managers told us on day one is that this is essentially a three to four month long interview. Everything that you're doing is preparing you, whether it's an interview for this job or it may be a reference for another. I think especially within, um, I can only speak for the NBA, it's the only league I've ever worked in, but from a community relations standpoint across all 30 teams, we're a very tight-knit group. So we've had several interns from our department um, go on. We have one working for the Bulls, one working for San Antonio, I believe one works for Orlando as well. So. If we're not a job, we're a reference. Because the first thing they do is they reach out to, hey, here, I see so-and-so used to intern with you guys. Tell me about them. Are they a good uh, candidate? So, right. yes, attention to detail is really what I think really got me. And the willing to do whatever it took. This is not a nine-to-five kind of industry. Um, I was more than well happy to come in on a Saturday. I think my first week I was here on a Saturday. Um, and so I was just always here and willing to do whatever it took to um to get the job but without even knowing like you said that there was an opportunity i love that attitude too that the internship is like a three or four month job interview because it's your chance to prove it right it's your chance to, chance to live up to anybody somebody else's expectations so mm -hmm. after your internship the title becomes coordinator of community and player programs take us through that role what were the day-to-day -day expectations what was it like now dealing with some of the players and helping them 
follow their passion in the industry. Uh, how did how did how did you uh, absorb that, and what did you like most about that role? Yeah, so I think again something that I was fortunate to have is that the so I graduated in May of 2014. Well, I knew I had a job contingent upon graduation in January at the start of the spring semester, but I was essentially just not getting paid for it. So that was something like a training period that a lot of times when you first start within um, the company, you may not have, especially within sports. It's not like a, a manual in terms of how you get things done. Um, but the, the role itself came about, I believe, was from, you know, we have these young players. A lot of our players were um, just starting out, and you have managers who may not be uh, within the city. They all have their own personal interests and um, passions within the community. Um, and a lot of times, um, unofficially, managers come our way, and we just realize that, you know, there may need to be a position created to help um, facilitate some of the initiatives and programs that players are interested in, um, but someone within the Charlotte community, within our organization, who will be able to tap into resources, whether it's promoting um, these particular um, events or programs, or there were several times where I had to lead it from beginning to end. So I think the the the, pro, the transitional process was um, pretty seamless, but not only, I think what I always like to explain is that during that period when my uh, role was coordinator of community player programs, the player piece was more so 10% of the job because um, it really only came our way as, as players said, hey, I want to do something. So what I did is whether I worked directly with the manager to identify, um, you know, what they wanted to do and then from there made those connections with our community partners. Um, and then allow the manager to lead it, or the manager's like, hey, can you just take it on? Um, so those events themselves were, to me, um, were sometimes a little more fun because we didn't have any rules. Um, it's more so what do they want to do? How do I connect that? Um, and we've been very fortunate to have um, individuals on our team who are um, very passionate in the community, very easy to work with. Um, and what I tell a lot of people is like, they're my coworkers. They're just a little bit taller and make a little <laughs> bit more money than I do. Um, that's great. So <laughs> that's, I, I've always adopted that idea. Um, not being a huge sports fan growing up, um, it, it, it's always been fairly easy to, to work alongside um, the guys that um, are the stars on the court. And they have genuine interest. So the process has always been fairly easy. Um, but in addition to that, um, with our player programs, I also had my first month here was planning in what was like one of our largest events where we invited 16,000 CMS middle school students, which is the district here, to the arena for this day long of um, educational programming and basketball all in one during a preseason game. So my first, uh, say, six months, it was a sweet. Um, but that, it was, crazy. it was all, it was all worth it though. So it was one of those, you jumped right in and if you weren't ready, you would have to get ready pretty much. I coach my daughter's middle school soccer team and there's 15 girls and it's hard for me to handle. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine 16,000. <laughs> yes. We had 16,000 kids here. So it was one of those things when you play an event at our arena, there's so much that goes into it especially community events, you're not only having to deal with the logistics of an arena and, and work out. And we have 
departments of people. So I'm not doing this by myself. I know me. But then it's the community, the community aspect and working um, with the the school district. So there are several different hats and you learn that you you essentially have to communicate differently to each one of those um, to ensure that, you know, what you need gets done and um, everything's executed properly. So a lot of it comes down. I've had good times and not so great times I've learned from them. Um, but communication is by far key, whether it's written or verbal. So you weren't all that far removed from being a student yourself. You're just a couple of years away from graduating yourself. And yet now you have mm-hmm. interns that you have to mentor and steer. There's probably entry level employees that you're working in, in partnership with. As you've gone through your career, what's kind of been your approach to guiding and helping form interns and entry level employees? How have you helped set them up? Yeah, absolutely. And that's a good question. And um, I think the biggest thing is I I like to prepare. So my the people who, who groomed me were very prepared. And again, that word, the, uh, that phrase detail-oriented, um, to me is the best way to help get them integrated within um, the organization, whether it's an intern. I do have someone who reports directly to me as well. Um, it's just being detail-oriented and someone that is a resource. Um, I like to know everything. Um, I, I don't know why. I just like to know things, whether it's within my department, outside of the department, because then it helps me be able to communicate, you know, my needs better. So I, I my biggest thing is making sure that whoever um, I'm helping room as well uh is able to be as knowledgeable as possible and seek out information. Um, I'm a huge proponent of Google. Um, there's just so many resources at our hands that there's something you don't know. I think I, I will, I help, but I also am big on help making, helping them learn how to figure it out um, without throwing them out to the wolves completely. But um, I think that, that my biggest piece is just teaching them how to seek knowledge um, and try not to be an enabler, I guess, as, as much as possible. I think that's great. Yeah. For the last two years, you've been the manager of corporate social responsibility. I almost stumbled on that. Corporate social responsibility for the Hornets. How has your role changed and the expectation changed as you become more involved at the management level? What was that jump like from coordinator to manager? Yeah, so I think the the jump and the biggest change was um, I was not so much the person doing every single step, more so overarching strategy. Um, and I will say that transition was um, a, it was challenging at times um, because as a coordinator, you may have a list of fifty things you have to do. They may not be major projects, but maybe daily you know, little knickknack things you have to do, whereas the manager, that list got significantly smaller in terms of those daily tasks I had to do um, and more so being a um, a strategic thinker and a strategic planner. Um, so that, that list got shorter for a reason because the time that it takes to strategically plan an event um, an initiative um, was something that was new to me um, and understanding step by step. So I think that transition the most and also that's what I uh, I end up having someone report to me I've managed people at other jobs but in in, in the sport industry this is the first time I thought of an intern um, so this person is someone that you know you have to make sure you do reviews with and you really are able to groom this person from start all the way through the rest of their their career here and and far beyond so I think you know 
relinquishing some of those small tasks that I had drawn to, uh, drawn to love um, was a, a bit of, of a, uh, an interesting transition, but um, my my boss was able to help me see bigger pictures. So I went from small picture to uh, to being able to look, having to see things from bigger pictures. In your view, why is social responsibility and community relations such an important part of teams and uh, such such an important thing for teams and players to embrace? And why is it important to you as a person? Absolutely. So for teams to embrace, because we have this platform. So you know, in some industries, we may have a, you know, a larger amount of money to give, whatever it may be, but we have this platform of, of professional athletes that, you know, kids, adults, whoever it may be, idolize. Um, so we're able to to create a positive impact and influence um, in so many areas, and especially with social media nowadays, it's, it's really just a tweet that may be able to make a difference. So I think it's an opportunity, one, for, you know, for people who look up to them to see that there is there's more that they can do, hopefully want to strive to be better. But also, we, I think it's important that we give back to a community that gives so much to us, um, whether it be uh, through tickets, whatever it may be. It's like they give to us in order for us to be able to do our job. It's only natural and should be natural for us to want to do the exact same. For me, individually, um, I didn't have, I wasn't aware of some of the resources growing up or like mentorship. I didn't have those things. So I think it's important now that uh, working in community relations, I've learned so much about like what is, are the needs of the community. Um, some things, you know, are near and dear to my heart based on my background that it has Working here has taught me, you know, so much more like what resources are out there and what people can do to give back and whether that's financial, but more so even just your time. I'm working with a um, program called the, the Ruth G. Shaw Mentorship Program at CPCC, which is a local community college here. And um, it's a group of professional women who are giving back as mentors. So it's like a group mentorship. So I found that important is a way for me to give back is, um, through financial contributions when they're available, but also just giving back time and helping in any way possible, um, you know, develop individuals who are either trying to work in professional sports or just working in the professional setting as a whole. Those are just, I learned the hard way. I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't take advantage of these resources. So I think it's important that, you know, when I can, definitely giving back to help maybe smooth the path for someone else. Is there a favorite event that you and the Hornets run each year? Is there something that you really look forward to on the calendar that strikes you close to your heart? Absolutely. I'm actually planning for it now. It nice. is our military care event. Um, it's presented by Bank of America and uh, Food Lion. And what we do is we pack care kits. Um, it's a full team coaching staff event. Um, 300 plus volunteers from the Hornets to Bank of America and Food Lion. And we all come in for one day of packing um, this year, our goal is 10,000 care kits that will then be wow. um, shipped off to uh, military military service members and women who are deployed. So we work with USO and USO of North Carolina to get those bags in the hands of, of um, our service members that are protecting our freedom. So by far, that's my most exciting event because it's my largest one. There are so many moving pieces, 10,000 care kits, 13 items per kit. Um, so there's a lot going on right. um, that day, and we have that event here at the arena. We invite military service members who um, 
are within the area to come and help pack. But it's a really quick event that takes planning up to like three months. But that's by far like my most favorite. It's but, challenging each year too, so I think that's why I like it most. Yeah, it sounds like a great event. I mean, good luck with that. We'll finish. We'll <laughs> finish you. up. With, yeah, we'll finish up with this because um, I know you're busy. You're in season. You got a lot of stuff going on. You got a lot of you got a lot of care packages to work on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what would you say if you were trying to advise somebody? who's in college and wants to work in community relations and, and professional sports, what kind of skills or what do you think are the most important attributes that somebody should really focus in on developing to be a star in your world? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I definitely think, you know, the attention to detail is either said than done. I mean, and it, it's one of those things like, so how do you have attention to detail? Um, I've learned just slowing down, paying attention uh, very closely to the things that you're doing and having a care and a passion for the work that you're doing um, makes the attention to detail a lot easier. Um, I think also something that is important for someone wanting to look to work into professional sports is someone who's a knowledge seeker. Um, I think that's an important piece as well. With a fast pace, it's a fast pace industry. Um, it, people don't always have the time to be able to, you know, tell you word from word, step by step, how to do things. But someone who's willing to seek knowledge and really willing to do whatever it takes to get the job done. So if that means like you, you potentially have to um, cut out some of the the partying, whatever it may be, it's definitely worth it in the long run. And it's like if you put in the time now, you hustle um, the way you're supposed to and really just get in here and want to be a sponge, I think that is like the best way that you can um, hopefully ensure your spot. Tara, this is great advice. And thank you so much for taking time out during the season to talk to us about your career and all the great things you're doing with the Hornets. So just thank you so much for coming on. Absolutely. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Thanks to Tira for coming on the show last year when we conducted this interview. The reason I decided to bring this one back is because I think Tira's advice shines through very loud and bright today. I think she gave great factual advice on how she got to where she is and how she used her internship in order to, you know, learn things. And even if it seemed like a challenge that wasn't that exciting, she learned things, was able to apply that knowledge. But I also think she just gives this great perspective on what corporate social responsibility means in, in the era we're currently living in. Everything she shared was so applicable to right now. Thank you, Tara, for coming on the show. That was one of our most popular episodes of all of last year. And listening back to it again, I can surely see why. See why. Thanks for listening, everybody. Make sure to rate and review wherever you listen. Uh, subscribe to the podcast. Share with some friends. And keep listening because I love having you here. And while we are still mired in this coronavirus, please, please, please wear a mask out in public. It is not that much of a sacrifice to make. Wear a mask. Period. Period.